Welcome to episode seven of the Sunday Conversation podcast presented by Loyalty Liquors. I'm Aaron. Across the table from me, that's Ben. Benny, how was your week, bud? Great. Week was awesome. Um, excited about today like I am every day. So here we go. Yep. Um, so we haven't come up with much structure for this episode. In fact, actually, we did have something we we're going to talk about, but who the hell knows if we're going to get there. So why don't we just uh, launch right into it? So last night... I saw this year I kind of came up with like this, this like not New Year's resolution, but like this goal I had where I wanted to stop eating out so much. Right. Like, you, you know, you and I have talked about this, like, yeah, it's deadly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. We both eat out way, way, way too much. So I, you know, made a, a kind of a rule for myself, like, you know, one lunch, one dinner out every week. So with coronavirus going on, it's been super easy to not eat out because, you know, all the good places are closed, all this shit. So last night I'm thinking about it. I don't have a ton of food in the house. I got to go grocery shopping today. And I'm like, you know, fuck it. I haven't eaten out all week. I'm going to order, I'm going to order out, go on, uh, go on Uber Eats first. And uh, I see Shake Shack and I'm like, oh, fucking rights. I could go for a good Danny Meyer burger right now. Like fucking rights. Let's do that. So I go to put the orders through on Uber and Uber's like, this is not available at this time and nothing else. Like, ah, that's kind of weird. So I'm like, all right, let me check Grubhub. I go on Grubhub, Shake Shack's there. I'm like, beauty, put in the same order. Says it'll be there in 45 minutes to an hour, which I get, you know, there's probably not as many people working, blah, 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 blah. An hour and a half goes by. I get a text from the driver and he goes, hey man, this is Andrew from Grubhub. Listen, uh, Shake Shack's closed, so I can't get you this order. The restaurant was just closed the whole fucking time. They're not even available, but they took my money. They took the order. And then I tried to call last night, 1400 people waiting in line to get through to the call center. And I was like, fuck this. It's, it I, tells you, it tells you how many like are in line, like what number you are. Or something. Yeah. It got to, well, it got to the point where I was like, I just, you know, I just had the phone on speaker and I was just on hold. And it was uh, after like 20 minutes, it said there are, you know, X amount of people in line. I was like, all right, fuck this. So I called this morning. They refunded my money. But like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? All right. Well, let me go ahead and just spin right off that to my to my issue that just happened this morning. Um, I've lost all faith in uh, farmers markets. Oh, no, not the farmers markets. Yeah, for me. Oh, like, no. Yeah, it's like. I roll up to this little farm stand. It's not, it's not a farmer's market because you can't even have a farmer's market. Yeah, right, right, now. right, right. And it's a farm stand and it's this old, old farmer guy and uh, sells me on some honey. I buy the honey. Nice. I'm looking at these cantaloupes. I'm like, wow, those are like some, those are good looking cantaloupes. Like from, I'm like from a garden, like I'm like, dude, you're doing it. You're doing it right. Then there's the, there's some plum and there's a bunch of vegetables and there's some plums. So, okay. I, all right, let me do a cantaloupe, some plums, and I got a, a jar of honey. Now, for those who don't know, we did talk about a couple episodes ago, but Ben doesn't eat meat. Um, he hasn't for years. So he's a big farmer's market guy. He cannot lose faith in them. That is of the utmost importance to to specify. So I'm going around like the edge of like his table to like, so I'm at 18 bucks now Yep. for a cantaloupe, 
some honey and and five plums in the basket, okay? Okay. Another woman comes up behind me. She's and she goes, "Oh, do you have any strawberries?" He goes, he goes, "Yes, ma'am. I'm uh he's like just going through them right now. Don't like don't want to make sure uh or he's like, you know, want to make sure there's nothing wrong with any of them, okay? <laughs> so yeah. Ben, being the observant human he is, it's like, where are these strawberries at? <laughs> They're in the fucking box from the grocery store <laughs> underneath this, like, the plastic bags. So he's got these the plastic bags all set up under over the, uh, you know, the cardboard box. And I'm looking in the cardboard box, and it's like 15 boxes of store-bought strawberries. Oh, so then I look down and he's got all the little like you know those like turquoisey like cartons that you see at like the farmers market. Yeah. Like, yep. Strawberries or whatever. Yep, yep. Yep. So in that cardboard box he's got strawberries and blueberries in the packaging from the grocery store. And then he's <laughs> loading them into these green boxes. And I was like, you know what, Ben? Take the L. Don't say anything. Pay eighteen dollars for uh you know a ninety nine cent cantaloupe at at the local yeah right right for the uh you know dollar ninety nine plums and support local and have yourself a, a day but man did that hurt I mean man I was like dude so now I'm on this like I'm just rewinding in my head to every farmer's market I've ever been to. You've ever been I'm to. Like, yeah, right. I'm like, okay, like when are they getting their shipments? Tuesday mornings at 4.30 when- uh, Yeah, right, right after they get oh, the stop and shop. Right, exactly. When no one sees anything going on, I'm like thinking about the hundreds and thousands of dollars I spent at this one particular farmer's market in, in, Wat, in uh, not Watch Hill, in Westerly, Rhode Island. And I'm like, I always was like, man, they always have- like the best strawberries and i'm like where are they getting these strawberries from and you know out front they got all these goats and you know all this like fun stuff to check out and it's like all right are they just completely pulling the wool over our eyes totally like a fun place and then you know you're buying corn tomatoes everything and really it's just like from remember the uh the the guy that used to buy the uh the steamers from remember that fucking dude who just like outside his front yard oh actually it's a real business it was called the um yes it was like yes out in front of his yard but they were called like the watch hill oysters or something do you think he was just going to stop and shop early in the morning grabbing grabbing clams and shit after today i'm just like Oh, question everything. I'm so, I'm, I'm so, I'm like, now I'm just like caught between a rock and a hard place. It's like, you know, it's like, you got to support the, you know, I get that he's probably got no cantaloupes in his garden right now. You know what I mean? Well, well, like that's the thing with a farmer's market, right? It's like, I mean, Texas, it might be a little bit different because you can nah, have, it's, have like, no, nah, it's, it's been cold, man. It's, it's, now, right, it's so, now it's warming up, but it's still like, so you're, you're totally dependent. Green, on, green, greenhouses are a thing. Right. Yeah. But you're, you're totally dependent on the weather. And if, you know, you just can't grow something, you, you don't have it to sell. And 
you know, do you run the risk of losing customers by not having it available, you know? And in reality, how many people actually like even think about that? Like, oh, is this stuff actually, like, is this guy actually sourcing this stuff from his own farm or whatever? Well, that's um, the thing. The reason, the reason the guy's got his farm stand set up is because they closed the, the downtown farmer's market. Oh, which okay. happens every, you know what I mean? Which happened yeah. every Saturday. Right. Um, the farmer's markets are great though. And I would think that. Well, I think, yeah, no, you're totally right. And I don't mean to cut you off, but it's like, it's the experience. It's like, you're going, Yeah, right. it's like, you know, there's local people. It's a great way to get out of the house and like, you know, just, it, you know, it's support almost, local. It's almost got like a fairish, like a fair vibe to it too. You know, totally any place that has, you know, candy apples right you know, that's that's what quite that's what qualifies or, as a fair either that or one carousel <laughs> those are the oh, only two i was gonna say our our um what what are they you know funnel cake what's the other word for oh it? yeah fried dough, uh, fried dough. Fried yeah dough. you yeah. gotta have fried if, if if there's fried dough it's it's a fair um yeah, yeah hey, we have are, one you, you look like you're like a marinara sauce on your fried dough. No way. And I was just about to say, I don't even know why the fuck they offer marinara sauce on fried dough. Like, Mr. hey, Italian here, wine. Like, I think hey, you're totally here. Here, sauce. have this piece of dough and make it a pizza, but with no cheese. And it's just bread and sauce. So now, listen, every time I make sauce, which is, you know, maybe once a month or so, I buy myself a nice loaf of Italian or French bread. You know, I don't like the French people, but I like the bread. And you better believe I go to town just sitting there over the pot while I wait for the pasta to cook and just dip that bread in there. But I would never be caught dead with fried dough and marinara sauce on it. It's like what never. sort of serial killer when, when you walk up to the fried dough line and you get your, your nice greasy fried dough yep. and you have the option of Powdered sugar. Beautiful powdered sugar. Cinnamon sugar. Cinnamon sugar. And then marinara sauce. Like, who do you think the first guy to, to do that was? Like, he walked An up. An Italian, like, just like you. Oh, yeah. He, he, but he's like, you know, he's I don't like, really oh, want anything grassy. sweet. Uh, yeah, you know, give me the, uh, yeah. You, you, got any you got any gravy back there? Let me get some of that red sauce and throw that on there. Like, okay. Uh, that's so fucked up. You, you assume that I'd be a marinara on fried dough guy. Now, listen, if I'm at a fair and they got sausage, peppers, and onions, you better believe I'm getting myself a sausage, peppers, and onions. Hands down. I, I will say I used to be a huge sausage, sausage. Well, here we go. Sausage, peppers, yeah. onions. Well, that sounds just so great. I'm, I'm, I used to be a huge sausage. Huge person. sausage guy. But, uh, Love sausage in the mouth. But, but then, yeah, no, I, I obviously... I haven't in a while, but I, I respect that move. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that's good fair food. That's good. You know what it is? It's like it's tailgating food. I used to eat those when we'd go to the Patriots games. I'd have uh, – there was this guy as we were walking up um, Route 1 to uh, Foxborough – well, Gillette Stadium. There was a guy on the side of the road who would sell sausage, peppers, and onions out of a cart, and they were fucking – As a matter of fact, dude, I think that might have – been one of the last times i ate meat and we were out in hartford yep one night and there was like the street meat vendor it was like back in <laughs> it was 2015 
I was, yeah. you know, obviously we were at one of those bars. What did Shayla picked us up that night, right? Yes, dude. I, ate, I remember. I think, <laughs> I think that was one of the, like the last times I ever ate meat. I we remember went to that. the beach the next day or something. Yep. I, and yep. I smashed my phone. That's right. That's right. God, good time. I can't believe you remember that. The, the, literally the only thing I remember about it is grabbing hot dogs. But it was like, the, it was like one of those dudes that, could, that would just load up the hot. Like you could put like, you know, fucking like Fritos on it and shit. Like all kinds of random shit on it. And, uh, and I remember Shayla picking us up. Um, and then, yeah, we went to the beach the next day. Fucking A, man. I can't believe you remember. And I, the reason I specifically remember that is because I had gone like a, a few days or something. Right. And I caved because I was drunk. Yep. Yeah. Um, in other news, so they've made it now illegal to be out in public without a mask on. Yeah, so same, same down here in Dallas. That just so happened. this morning I went to go get a coffee. I finally found a coffee, like a good coffee place that's open here. Mason Mathis. It's like a... Uh, it's a Belgian bakery over by um, over by the Patagonia store. Croissants, too? No, they didn't have any croissants. I got there right when they opened. But anyways, I walk in, and the guy goes, where's your mask? I go, I don't have one. And he goes, I don't know if I can serve you without a mask. I said, I just, I said, I just okay, want so you, a nice coffee. You don't, want, you don't want my American dollars? Buddy, buddy, okay. nobody might come in, in, in for the next three hours. Take my $3. In these trying times, yeah. you're not going to serve me because I don't have a mask on. Which Your rent is probably five thousand dollars a month. Yeah, it's uh it's a it's a hey, here we are. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. So I got my bandana right here because if anybody thinks I'm gonna go out and spend money on a mask, I'll just fucking take the ticket. But I do gotta go grocery shopping, so I'm gonna have to wear this thing tonight. Um what else happened to you this week? Um, you know, I guess uh same thing it's like the the vibe is like weird down here uh the liquor store had its best day ever um definitely think that's because everyone got their stimulus check i think oh that's for sure for that's sure definitely uh um you know a factor so that's interesting no one's driving so you know fuel is like way down um, yeah but yeah it's just so it's so interesting to see how all this unfolds and like um like hey we're not a political podcast at all but just we are a a conversation podcast and and uh two of the people on the uh i guess the board of the the president's um group to get business back open yeah one of them was Jerry Jones and one of them was Mark Cuban. Right. And they both live in the same neighborhood in Dallas. So that's kind of interesting to, to see. I, I'm, I'm wondering where, where Texas will, um, you know, go with that. Um, the governor has been on talking about like getting Texas back open. So, uh, yeah, I, like I, I have no idea. Like I'm, Hey, I, I, I don't know. No one knows. Um, but we're all living it together and uh you know hey take it take it day by day yeah that the the scary part that we're getting to with the economy and so for those of you who don't know ben and i talk on the phone pretty much every day at least once every day especially now that we got this because it's like hey dude 
guess what just happened? Or, yeah, right. Let's talk about this. this. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, and, 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 and it's like, that's happening every 10 minutes. Yeah. Know, yeah, it is crazy. You know, we're talking, like, a, we're talking a ton now, but, um, and Ben has heard me on this rant for probably the last month, but I've been convinced that the United States economy is like on the verge of collapsing. Um, and the reason being is, you know, business has been stalled now for basically what about a month. I'd say it's been that we've as a country have more, been in real more. serious shutdown. Month and yeah. A-, a month and a half is when like things have started to slow down, but it's been like a month where everything's been locked down. You know, right. okay, fair. Um, fair. and it kind of shows you the fragility of our economy to begin with, where it really can't stop for prolonged periods of time, um, because so many of these major corporations rely on American dollars coming in every single day uh, to maintain liquidity and all that stuff. So, a lot more lately, as Ben and I have kind of gone down our investing path. Um, he's heard me just rant about how if you look at, you know, metrics that are out there between unemployment and, you know, quarter one earnings reports by major corporations, that there's just no way that the economy can continue on this path and be successful. And it's just continued over and over again. Every day I talk to Ben, he's like, he's got to be sick of it by now. I'm like, I don't understand how the stock market could be up. The world is fucking ending. So to bring this all home, the reason why now all of a sudden the government is like starting to look at restarting the economy is because they're getting to the point where they've exhausted their options as far as helping businesses out, helping big businesses out with bailouts. Um, you know, you look at Ford and GM, Ford and GM just won to think a $350 million uh, contract to make ventilators for, um, you know, healthcare workers and hospitals and all that shit. They won that contract because they need the liquidity. They need the money. Ford was asking for money three weeks ago. So instead of saying, hey, we're just going to give you this money, they're making them work for it a little bit, which is good, you know, which is good. If you go back to 2008, they handed out $700 billion and basically said, do whatever the fuck you want with it. And CEOs took bonuses and all this shit. So they're at least making them work for it. But like we're on the verge of like a scary time here where if things don't get up and going again, the prolonged effects of this are going to be like very bad. Oh, totally. Totally. Which is, um, you know, it's like I said, it's, it ties everything back in. It's like, if you've been living, you know, consciously and, you know, like haven't been living in la la land in terms of like, you know, your spending. Yeah. All all that. It's like now's it's an incredible time in history. Um, you know, like you look at, you know, all, I guess it would be like our, our grandparents or, you know, some of our great grandparents, like that depression era, yep, that, yep, sure. you know, every, every, we don't know what it's like, you know, like we've talked before, right. about, like you don't learn unless you live it yourself and right. yep. you can, you can, you know, be, you know, completely just oblivious and just, you know, spend, 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 and it's never been an issue, whatever, rack up credit, yep. pay your bills, um, or don't pay your bills, you know, pay your minimums. Yep. And like, next thing you know, oh, it's okay, I got a job, yada, yada. Right. Right. And then, uh, boom, you don't have a job. And you're like, oh, like, well, 
you know, I, I just got to pay my, whatever, my minimums on my credit card. But then like, you start to realize like, Oh You'll my never gosh. Get ahead. Right. Like I spent all that. And like, and now, you know, then you start to look into like the, Oh, I got to sell stuff option. Yep. And that's, that's where like, you know, I'm not saying it's, this is exactly the situation, but like, you know, a pawn shop comes into play and it's like, you know, buying a woman's, you know, beautiful jewelry that was extremely, extremely expensive for, you know, a very pennies on the dollar, right? Pennies on the dollar. That's exactly what it is. And it's like, dude, I mean, I, you know, and what is, but, but what is the bigger picture of that? You know, it's, it's, the rich getting richer it's the it's someone with more money preying on someone with less money and until you can get out of that psychological mindset like you will forever be preyed on if that makes sense as you know as we are you know it's like sure you know we're not we're not above anyone or you know it's, it's just like we're just just talking here No, I mean, we, I mean, we, listen, I've, I've learned through experience to, I am by no means a financial genius when it comes to like being good with money. I've fucking have blown. I I couldn't even tell you how much money on things that I don't even still have. I've blown money on. I mean, tens of thousands of dollars. Aaron, Um, all of us, man, everyone, everyone, everyone in the, that we are in the most materialistic world that has ever actually that's probably not true it, it, we've you know because in the in back in the day it's like you're prancing around with golds and golden rubies it's just it's diamonds. just shifted you know yeah it's like what, what's matter what matters has shifted you know back in you know back in the um the roman days you know they would use like seashells as a form of currency and you know the color purple was the color of royalty and um, it's just shifted. It's just shifted. What what we have applied materialistic value to has shifted over the years, um, and that's changed. You know, but as a as a generation now, or as a people now, it's more about like the flashy, expensive stuff and showing off, and you know, spending fifteen hundred dollars on a Louis Vuitton bag. And you know, before anybody thinks there that we're knocking them, I had a four hundred dollar Louis Vuitton coin purse that. I couldn't even tell you what happened to disappeared at some point. No fucking clue what happened to it. So I was a part of this as well, uh, just for the record. Well, I mean, Hey, sometimes you, you buy things and uh, you don't know what happens to them, but I bet you learn that maybe next time you get a $400 Louis Vuitton coin purse, <laughs> you'll, you'll keep an eye on it. But I bet, I bet you there's a, maybe a kind, a kind young lady that sniped a, Louis Vuitton coin purse from you or uh, good honor. Good honor. Can't knock the hustle for that. You know, cannot knock the hustle for that one, but you might might have also just lost it. And uh, also very possible. Also very possible. Um, No, but it's interesting too, because I think like another like form of materialism has become um, like your like personal brand. Right. And I don't, I don't know that everybody necessarily thinks of themselves in a certain way where they have a personal brand. Um, but the way people portray themselves is definitely a personal brand. And like part of that is, you know, traveling and, you know, showing off the cool Airbnb you have and all that stuff. And I mean, not to get back into it too, too much, but, you know, I think Airbnb is going to take 
a major, major hit coming up here. I mean, why don't you, um, you were telling well, me about the super hosts and all that shit. Why don't you kind of talk about that a little bit? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I'm obviously, I'm not too familiar with Airbnb, but I, but I do know that, you know, I talked to a couple of people about who are in real estate and like talking about basically you have these Airbnb like mega hosts and Airbnb was hot. Like it is hot, you know? And it's like, they're buying up these mortgages, you know, 10, 20, 30 of them, um, you know, paying their mortgages, making a bunch on top of that. And, uh, you know, right now it's like, boom, no one's traveling. And, uh, you know, we're right back to, to square one here of like, you know, you're going to have some people that are, are liquid are going to be able to, to scoop up some, you know, some properties that the banks are going to end up owning. Like, you you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very similar to what, you know, happened in 2008 where people were taking out, second and third mortgages on their own homes or buying second and third houses and taking out more mortgages because, you know, they had been told they could refinance and pull their equity out and, you know, therefore make liquid cash off their properties, but they weren't paying attention to the interest rates on their mortgages. And, you know, what ended up happening was the bank ended up owning a lot of these properties. They got resold or, you know, sold into for by foreclosure and all this stuff. Um, and, in reality, that's definitely a possibility right now, considering the fact, like you said, nobody's traveling. I mean, the cool thing about Airbnb as somebody who has used it a bunch is like you end up like you or you can end up staying in some fucking like dope places, right? Like I stayed in a place in Iceland that was, you know, an hour and a half outside of Reykjavik that was um, this guy's summer home. It was right down the road from a lake. It was uh The interior was like this awesome Scandinavian design, like super simplistic, but like modern design had this beautiful wraparound back deck that had a hot tub that faced out like this mountain range. Like it was fucking awesome. Um, And it was cheap as shit, you know? How how does he like, so prior to Airbnb, like what's the play? I mean, what did you like, would he have just yeah. had to rent that out on like a website or something? Like I don't know. A travel website? The, it's like, be, I really, I mean, it opened a lot of doors, man. Well, yeah, because the thing is, is like, okay, so from what I got, what I've gathered in talking in my time there and talking to the, the Icelanders um, is that, you know, most of them, a lot of them, if not one person, a family will own you know, a vacation house outside of Reykjavik. So you have to think about the way the country kind of is. Iceland's population is like 330,000 people. So like one-tenth the population of the state of Connecticut. Um, And then from there, two-thirds of it lives in Reykjavik. And then so you've got the rest of this country and only like 100,000 people live in this gigantic, like sprawling wide open space. What's the so, electric grid or is it all like off grid? They, they have, uh, it's the world's largest, um, not natural gas. Um, fuck. What's another type of energy? Liquid it's, vo- it's volcanic. L-L-N-P? It's, it's all volcanic energy. They have, um, ah, fuck. It'll come to me. The whole country smells like sulfur and all, it all smells geothermal. They've got the largest, uh, geothermal energy grid on the planet. Um, 
if I'm not mistaken, so all the little cabins that are out in the middle of nowhere, they all the have whole. Their own. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, the whole country is completely sustainable um, in terms of energy because uh, it's all it's all geothermal. Yep, it's crazy. But the thing is, it's like oh, time out. I like to ask questions in life. Okay, is that possible here? Or is I don't. I don't think so. The, the landscape, the makeup. I. I can't. Aren't there some houses that do geothermal here? Like, I'm sure there are, but I think it. I think it depends on your relation to a giant energy source, right? I, if I'm not mistaken, Iceland has, uh, you know, volcanoes and underground currents and all that stuff, which I'm sure we have underground. That's currents, why they but, have. That's why they have the Blue Lagoon. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean. Seriously, the hot springs and shit. Yeah, those are, they're all over the fucking country. Um, and basically, so I went to one that was like, it was pools, right? They, you know, they had actually designed and built pools. Are they all, oh wait, okay. So that one that's like the one that everyone gets their Insta pick at. Yeah, the blue that's lagoon, like a pool. No, so, no, the blue lagoon is, well, I what's didn't the, go to What's it, the ground? Oh, oh, okay. But I'm what's like the floor sure, of the blue lagoon? I'm pretty sure it's like natural, like dirt and shit. I don't think it's an actual like pool, like a man-made construct. Um, I don't know for sure though. That's a, that's a good question. I didn't go to that one. Uh, I went to one that was a little bit further out in the wilderness. Um, but that, the one I went to was like an actual pool. And as you're walking up, it was like a spa. And as you're walking up to the spa, there's just these gigantic pipelines where they're just pumping, um, you know, water out of the ground and energy out of the ground. And they had differing temperatures. So they had, you know, one that was like really hot, one that was like, you know, medium hot, whatever. Um, it was fucking cool. Uh, but they're, they're everywhere. They're all over the country. Uh, and I think that's just part of, of the way that, uh, Iceland is. Um, but anyways, to go, to go back to where we were before all that, um, I think with Iceland, I think like a lot of the families have vacation homes in other parts of the country, um, so I don't know if there was a way to make a lot of money off of those prior to Airbnb, but as Airbnb has grown, as tourism has grown and become Iceland's basically number one revenue driver, um, the prices of real estate in Iceland have gone through the roof because people with money are buying up properties to use as Airbnbs. And, um, I don't blame them one bit. Country is beautiful. The people are great, but it's a tiny country. And if they just, you know, they went through a major economic crisis in the late 2000s, A-U-G-H-T-S. Um, O-U-G-H-T-S. No, A-U-G-H-T-S. I spelled it O-U-G-H-T-S oh, the shit. first time. Nice job, Ben. Way to pay attention. Um, I'll just have to go back and rewatch that episode. Yeah, right. But Airbnb, <laughs> I mean, it's changed the game. But the problem is, is we're starting to see another situation where people are overextending themselves and world travel has shut down. And if you don't have cash on hand to pay your mortgage or whatever, and there's a very real chance people start to lose their Airbnbs. Yeah. Well, yep. And boom, someone swoops in, scoops up all that property. Then the country starts traveling again. World opens up. They do that exact same thing. Yep. <laughs> the little guy. Thanks yep. for coming up with this great idea. Appreciate thanks for, it. Thanks for being the uh, test the test dummies and how are you yeah, exactly and it, it is a, it's crazy um but i mean airbnb is it's it's a dope concept it's way better than staying in hostels or hotels and 
you know, it feels like you're actually staying in a house or whatever, but, um, it's also a great way to just connect, you know, to connect the world in general. It's like, you know, Oh, totally. Totally. It's, there, there's no way, like you just said, hot, like there's no way that if you were doing a, a world travel, you know, 10 years ago, like you'd be staying where, you know, in a lot different places or spending a lot more money, you know, whereas like someone has a cool little spot, they just need some extra income. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. Yeah. I mean, there is like a a level of like, uh, you get a, some, like you can, I've dealt with Airbnb hosts where like you can get like a sense of authenticity where you, you know, not every one of them will meet you at the place. Some of them will have like a lockbox or whatever, but you reach out and you're like, Hey, what's, you know, what's around here for a restaurant or a grocery store or whatever, like you get a more authentic experience as opposed to, like you said, like 10 years ago before the internet was, you know, as, as huge as it is now you go to somewhere and you'd hope you'd kind of figure it out or do a little research, buy a book or whatever. Nowadays with the internet and you can plan an entire fucking trip without, you know, looking at a book, you know, get a true authentic experience just by doing the research yourself um it's kind of cool i mean as the world has grown further apart it's also grown closer together in that sense yeah man i uh i the only ever my experience with traveling overseas was with my college hockey team we went to uh austria germany and switzerland but i mean we we stayed in austria and then we we would you know we took a trip to germany and then took a trip to Oh, I guess ended up back in Switzerland because we flew in, flew in and out of Switzerland. But, um, you know, it was a, it was a guided tour. It was a yeah. guided, um, you know, we had a, a tour guide. We had some of our boosters that were offered a, a chance to go. So, um, you know, they went with us. Uh, so it wasn't like completely like with the group the entire time, like once right. we were in the in the cities that we were staying in, you could kind of like venture off. So like, I remember I went, um, we're staying in Kitzbühel and a few of us, we went to this little mountain town called Tyrol. Yep. And we took this like trolley to get there. Um, and you know, obviously that was, it was just a, a select group of us that, that wanted to venture out, but it was just like, crazy man it was like living in like a fantasy world like going into these little like you know austrian mountain towns that were just architecture that was like stunning and obviously you've seen a lot of the world you've traveled some super cool places um but um yeah it was i mean i was we we were in a there was 29 of us college hockey players and we had, we had, (laughs) we had a a dress. We had like a dress code. So we had to wear khaki pants and then always like, like one of our, like a team polo. Cause it was summer, right? No, it was in October. So it was like, yeah, it's right before the season started. Um, so we were there for seven days, but, uh, played four four professional teams over there it was awesome man it was so much fun yeah. um but uh it's just like you want to talk about 
sticking out like sore thumbs it's like yeah, right. you know like we we it would have been cool to like you know dress some euro swag and uh, like kind of try to blend in a little bit like i don't know i i i have this thing like as you know i i've been to europe a handful of times the Euro european style is just hard to replicate like even if you you know like i think i i dress you know somewhat with like a european style um and even i stick out like a sore thumb in europe it's it is like they just own it man they just fucking own it they're good at, at they're goddamn uh, they're good, good at, at clothes it. they are good at clothes that's for sure. <laughs> they are definitely good at clothes but it's it's amazing the influence because like man you look at like you know the nba and they're going yep. down there like you know let's dress like you know women sort of and like and portray this like feminine look whereas like yep. the nhl is like going for this like all right who's the best looking guy in the league henrik lundquist what's he doing uh he's dressing like an absolute rocket sweep. Yep. so it's like you know you, now you got this just every guy is trying to you know one up the other one and yeah. it's like you know and it's influenced the the youth the youth right. like you know younger hockey players are like yep. which is awesome because it's like you know look good feel good wheel good and it's like yep. um you know it's like i i wish my suit game was a little bit more on point in college i think it was a bit too baggy um, yeah. I've, I've but that was the time though that was the time like it, it it tailored suits i mean like that's the thing right it's like that like euro influence in the nhl or in general is like is to have a tailored suit to have a suit that fits you not to wear a suit that if you jumped off an airplane and you'd float down to the ground <laughs> safely so like it's just been this shift in in how you know people dress and i think there's a huge european influence in it but i i mean personally i'm biased i think it's for the best like you know save the fabric man you know save the fabric yeah I'm with it, man. It's like, there's nothing, Hey, not one time in history has someone like complained that you're well-dressed. You know what I mean? Or yeah. Like, right. Look at this asshole. Like, Look at how well he's dressed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, talk about just like the ultimate level of caring. And I could see, I mean, there's extremes in any situation, sure. but it's like, you know, if you, you know, it's, it's a different, uh, excuse me, a direct reflection of, you know, of who you are. Like if you're yeah, lazy, sure. you're probably going to look like Kanye West, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, wearing your whatever, I don't even know what style that is. Um, that's not Euro cool no. fashion. No. Um, but, uh, Hey, I mean, to each their own to each their own yeah i mean that's the thing right like clothes are like this huge like great form of individualism right it's you kind of trying to present yourself in a specific light um and at the end of the day maybe it doesn't matter so so much about what you wear it's it's how you wear it um i don't know i think with style it's just it's own your own style you know be be who you want to be dress how you want to dress look how you want to look but um you know to kind of get back to what you were saying, it is very obvious when you run into Americans in, you know, foreign countries, you know, walking around with fanny packs on and cargo shorts and 
you know, all the fucking ridiculous things that we wear as Americans. You know, I can't believe that here we are in 2020 and there's still guys out there wearing white Oakley sunglasses and cargo shorts. No offense, Dylan, if you're listening. Um, It's fucking ridiculous. But, hey, it's individualism, man. It's not for me to decide what people want to look like. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, I I, listen, I was in college, so I I, I didn't have, like, you know, unlimited money to spend over there. And I thought, you know, so – I specifically was like, all right, what are these people wearing? Like I was looking around, like going into stores, like seeing exactly, you know, kind of like what the style was and all that. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, I just took it in my mind. So then when I get home, I like, you know, you roll into, you know, like DSW shoe warehouse and the, you know, the $400 Italian boot that looked like, or I guess whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like was, so sweet over there that like you're like oh like i want that well guess what they sell it here right but we're just like scared to rock it that way yeah so then it's like all right well hey i'm grabbing this thing for way cheaper here i know this is what they're wearing over there it looked cool as hell over there yep and uh and it just it starts like that i guess i mean it's like it's not like it's not available to us Right. You know, it's just like, it's, it's not the norm. So then it's like, right. Oh, you're kind of going against the norm. And you know, that's such like a random thing too. You know, it's like, it's like, why is it like, why is style question? Like here I am. I'm like, I'm like chirping Kanye for his weird clothing style. But yeah. it's like, why is that even question? Like, what does it matter? You know, it's like, um, it's yeah, that's another why I, one of those like geopolitical type things. It's like different part of the world, different, different culture, different norms, different everything. But. I think it's, uh, I think that's why like, it's so important to find like your sense of self, like who you are as a person before you worry so much about, you know, your style or whatever, like your style will come as you find yourself as a person. Um, but it is, it is interesting because when I was in Italy two summers ago, everywhere you went, people were rocking Levi's t-shirts, you know, the classic white t-shirt with the red, you know, the red logo that said Levi's in white across it. It was fucking everywhere. It was like Levi's and you know, like we don't think anything of it. You know, I've owned a ton of pairs of Levi's over the years. It's just, you know, part of Americana is Levi's jeans. And it was like, these people aren't even wearing Levi's jeans, but it's just the brand and the shirt. Now this is a trend, Levi's t-shirts. Okay, now everywhere you go, you see people in fucking Levi's t-shirts. It's a fucking jean company and none of these people are wearing the jeans. They're just wearing these t-shirts that say Levi's on them. So, I mean, fashion trends are, they're weird, man. They're weird and they're ever changing. It is, it's cool as shit, you know? It's like, it it makes you think of every, every article of clothing that you've ever had. Like imagine yeah. that if you could have back every piece of clothing that you've ever had and think of some of the gems you would have. Dude. I mean, when we were in high school, do you remember like towards the end of our Dude, high school career, it was polos. Even, it was all polos. You, bro. I could tell you every, I could tell you every fashion trend from high school, judging by my school picture, freshman, <laughs> fresh, freshman year, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch double pop collar. Yep. Uh, sophomore year, I think I moved to a 
the polo, the polo collared shirt. Yep. And then we went to the uh, polo, just the t-shirts. And I had yep. like a bazillion, every single color polo t-shirt. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think that that style kind of stayed with me through, through, but, but then, okay. The new balance. Um, what, what were the, they're two for 90 at champs. And I went twice a week and got two <laughs> four pairs or whatever you know what, I mean? what what were they the new balance uh, i don't know 702s or something like that i forget i don't um, know everyone knows what i'm talking about yeah, yeah, just, yeah. if you if you're if you're of a certain age you know exactly which uh no, and not then the it was like it's also the dad shoes and then you had your like you know there was the the jeans phase went from like normal jeans. Then we started, you know, it was like the ripped Hollister jeans. And then it was like, yep. you know, baggy. And then, you know, now it's like. 574s is what they were. There you go. New Balance 574s. Always had a, always had like two or three pairs of white ones just yep. in the box ready to go. Mm. And if they got a mark, they were written off. <laughs> Charge it to the game. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I mean, it is. It's it's so weird to think like where, and like kids. I mean, kids these days are super fucking stylish, right? Like they all, all these kids are flashy as shit. They got dope sneakers on. They care about watches and shit. And I mean, we did too, but it was just different back in the day. Um, these kids today, they're fucking trendy as hell, man. They're super. Oh, fucking totally. Trendy. But the whole world is trendy, you know. And it's like, look at the influence. Like here we are. We're talking about influence and like yeah. you know there's nothing wrong with that hey i'd rather be a world full of you know trendy individuals and just blobs you know it's like at least yeah. it's, it's like they care you know you care about something like i was saying it's like you know yeah if, i mean you gotta you gotta present yourself in a certain right you gotta present yourself in a certain way i mean listen going out i like to look great you know, going to work, I try to look great, but like, I'm going to go to the grocery store in an hour and you better fucking believe I'm going to be wearing sweatpants at the grocery store. Lululemon sweatpants, but nonetheless, I'm wearing sweatpants at the fucking grocery store. Okay. Hey, do, do your thing, man. It's, it's, that's a beauty. That's a beauty. You know what? That is trendy. Yeah. Right now. No shit. That, hey, you know, sweatpants are in. So that pants are in. Thank God. Comfort is making a comeback, but um, that's probably as good a place as, as any to leave it. I mean, I don't even know how long we've been talking for, but um, yeah, stay pot, stay positive, everyone. I mean, if, uh, if you're going through some stuff, just know that everyone's going through some stuff together and, and no, uh, we love you. Yeah. We love you. And um, we'll catch you next week when we inevitably, come up with a plan for something to talk about and don't talk about it. Um, but until then, Benny, good talk, pal. Love you. Love you, bro. All right, man. See you.